we've talked a lot about this in between media this season. There's going to be curveballs coming your way. Hate's a strong word. I dislike Kirk Cousins more than probably any other quarterback in the league. I get a little bit of that rookie-itis, you know? I would have said, I would love some of what you're Even though I straight, I'm still stuck between an interpretation, what it all means. Can I make a difference for something different? My mind in prison, then I saw the vision. Played the field, it's no competition. Found success through the repetition. If it's impossible, stick to the mission. I'm just cruising through on my way to get it. I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. listeners and viewers out there across the globe this is the in between fantasy football podcast it's already october 5th week five of the fantasy football and the nfl season is upon us spooky season both in life and in fantasy football also among us as well we have a slew of injuries to get to today we have a a slew of short thing sleepers of the week coming your way guys we have so much to get into i'm seth woolcock your normal host Joined by me is uh, the Colorado couple back from their trip, Nate Polvote, Jen Polvote, back in the beautiful city of Denver. How are we doing, Polvotes, back on the mainland? Cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it wasn't so bad today. It was 81 today, but our first, what, couple days we got home, it was raining and like 50, 50. and gross oh, okay. and everything was brown. But it was 81 today, which was lovely. Everything's still brown, though. (laughs) Everything's still brown. (laughs) Enjoy the heat. Just don't look. Yeah, but you know, the one nice thing about this time of year is football, of course. Of course. Um, Oh, my gosh. With all of our traveling, we missed the first three weeks of the season being able to actually like really like dig down and watch. But we got our four TV set up back. Uh We got to sit in the basement with our son, watch football on Sunday. Um, I wrote about it this week in my in-between column. Um, how we've kind of made football family time, and this is the time of year we get to start doing that again. So, so stoked! Yeah, awesome. so stoked! Awesome. Well, I'm so happy to have you guys back here um, on the mainland. Happy to have you back on the podcast as well. Um, it, all the content we have, whether it's Nate's column, Jen's column, my column, um, YouTube series, whatever else you guys are looking for here in between media, it's on our site in between media.com. You can find us on the Twitter bird, TikTok, Instagram. Facebook, wherever you guys are getting your content at, uh, we're, we're over there at, at IBT underscore media. Tonight, we have a loaded show for y'all. Uh, we got some headline hijinks. We're going to break down the, the latest news. Got some temperature check and to take the pulse um, for buying, selling, holding some of these uh, big name players, some of these duds early on in the season. And we're, and we're also going to round it out with our short thing sleepers of the week, as always, bring you some, uh, some deeper plays that you can roll out in your lines, have some confidence in here in week five and rounded out some weekly advice. Guys, a lot to get to, not much time to do it. I think we should jump right in. What do you think? Yeah, let's get to it. it. All right, guys, we're gonna go with some headline hijinks starting out here. (laughs) 
know, I, I think that video does a great job of representing what this NFL season has been, you know, kind of a, you know, you can't help but laugh. It, it definitely has. Been, <laughs> it, it's definitely been a strange season nonetheless. And I think it begins with what we saw this past week. We saw Cordell, Daryl uh, Patterson, once again, have a great game. He has a 30 burger, a three touchdown performance goes for five 82 and three through the air Adds another six for 34 on the ground. And keep in mind, guys, this is Cordero Patterson, who's been in the league at this point oh, almost nine years. Yep. He was a first-round pick. By the, yeah, I mean, I can remember <laughs> playing fantasy football when he first came in. It was one of my first couple seasons, and he was he was the young rookie. He was the young rookie wide receiver that everyone was hyping him up. You know, that's like 2010, 2011. And just really never put it all together. Had a decent rookie season. Was a great kick returner, you know. Borderline Hall of Fame resume for his kick returner, used in New England a little bit, kind of, you know, found that that scat back role, used in Chicago in the same way. But, I mean, guys, we came in here talking about Mike Davis this year as, you know, a, a, a top five round pick. And now it's Cordell Patterson. He's RB2 on the season. If there was no such thing as Derrick Henry, Cordell Patterson would be the RB1 by nine points over guys like Aaron Jones and Najee Harris, who were right down there below him. Um, Nate, I want to start with you, man. W what is your headline for Cordell Patterson and what we're seeing out of him? Because um, I think a lot of fantasy owners, they, they, they probably, you know, missed out on maybe this last week because they were a little, you know, a, a little concerned to start him. Uh, so my headline for this is enjoy it while it lasts, because like simply this production isn't sustainable. So he's had a 33% or less snap share three of the four weeks this season. He had a 30% snap share last week where he went off. So he is literally hitting on every play. At the NFL level, that simply isn't sustainable, especially for a nine-year veteran like Corderell Patterson, who's been around the league for a reason. He's been given that shot for a reason. And while it's great right now and it's working out for him, don't think he finishes the season as the RB2 behind Derrick Henry. It's not going to happen. He's going to fall off, and it's coming soon. I, I can't imagine it's not. Matt Ryan looked more comfortable on Sunday. He was starting to spread the ball out a little bit more. He was getting a little bit more comfortable giving the ball to Mike Davis. Not that I think Mike Davis is going to be a thing, but I think that you really need to temper your expectations. He's been phenomenal so far, and if you picked him up on the waiver wire, great. He's done very well for you, but rest of season, uh, I mean, be prepared to be disappointed or to be selling. Nate, right now, if you have him in your lineup and you can't sell him, or if you have him on your roster and you can't sell him, is he in your lineup, you think? Like, to me, I'm seeing him as maybe an RB2, you know, RB, you know, high-end RB3, but I think he, like, with the touchdown upside, I think he probably has to be in your lineup, right? Yeah, next week, definitely. Until he falls off, I'm going to keep starting him. Well, yeah, they're playing the Jets next week, so... Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that'll be a good week for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, until, I mean, really until you start to see a drop off, yeah, I'd hold on to him and keep starting him. You got to ride it while it lasts. Well, and the interesting thing here, I think, with, with this whole scenario here in Atlanta is, you know, a lot of people thought it was going to be Russell Gage filling that void for Julio Jones. Other people thought it'd be Kyle Pitts, the rookie tight end. Here it's Cordell Patterson, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, if, if I'm a Mike Davis, a Mike Davis fantasy manager, I think I'm also looking to sell off his one touchdown performance. Patterson's been getting a lot of passing work. We know they're going to be down a lot. And, you know, I, I liked in my statting out process, my initial one, I really did like Patterson mm -hmm. a little bit as like a, a borderline RB4. But once and Wayne Gall 
once Wayne Gallman got there, I, I kind of lowered those expectations even more. We haven't seen Wayne Gallman in the mix until week four. So I, I think he's going to hurt more Mike Davis than Patterson. Jen, are you comfortable throwing Patterson in your lineups as an RB2 flex? Because, you know, he is kind of a wide receiver playing your running back position. Yeah, as of now, what we've seen from him, I mean, over the last three weeks, absolutely. Plus, I've trash running back. So <laughs> take that into account. Yeah. Yes, I'm definitely starting him. Awesome. Guys, I want to move forward here to another great thing that we saw here in week four. And how about the New York football Ooh. Giants, guys? Uh, Saquon Barkley has another great performance here in week four. Goes for a 30-burger OT touchdown win. And, you know, he's looked great the last couple of weeks. I can definitely say I was too low on him. I think I, you know, I, I was scared off by the injury. And, and he has really bounced back nicely. The, the Giants offensive line looks like it's improving. And how about Daniel Jones' quarterback, guys? QB6 on the season right now. Goes for over 400 yards here in week four. Gets the win against the Saints. And not only did he have another 25-plus fantasy point performance here in week four, but at the same time, he also only has two turnovers on the season through his first pick this week. If I came to you guys and said, you know, week we going into week five, we have one fumble and one interception from Daniel Jones. I think I think you guys would be shocked. Absolutely. Like last week's game was well, I guess Sunday's game. Sunday's game was amazing. Like that was such a crazy game to watch. Well, and Daniel Jones looks solid. He looks he so did, good. He looks composed this season where mm-hmm. he hasn't in the past. But how I mean, honestly, he's got he's got Saquon. And how comfortable is he looking because he doesn't feel like he has to do it all? Yeah, and he doesn't have the panic in his eyes anymore. He's a little bit more confident, I would say. Mm-hmm. And his rushing upside, who saw that coming? I mean, we knew he was fast, <laughs> yeah. but the volume with which and the yards with which he's actually accrued so far this season is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, and he did it in week four without guys like Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, arguably his yes. favorite targets in the passing game. So uh, right now, are you guys like, if you're sitting out there in a, a one QB redraft league, 12 teams, Daniel Jones is probably still out there on free agency on waivers. Are you guys picking him up this week as at least a stash or is he just still a streamer to you despite the hot start? I mean, I'd pick him up as a stash for sure. Yeah. I mean, I take him as a stash. If you've got the roster room for it, it doesn't hurt to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in Superflex. Jen, did you have a headline for the New York Giants and, and what we've seen so far in the young season. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm calling this, it's a one, two punch in the big apple. Um, yes, that. it's for real. Saquon Barkley is four games into coming off of a torn ACL is going to take him some time to get rolling. Yeah. And after having fantasy point totals under 10 in the first two weeks, he has broken 20 in the last two weeks. And like we were saying, Daniel Jones is a better QB with him. Um, and it, it, he takes the pressure off of Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones can be more comfortable. He seems more confident. Um, and like you were saying, Seth, even with uh, Shepard and Slayton out last week, I, I and, and also Kadarius Tony showed up. He's more than capable of being relevant when needed. Yeah. So I yeah. like them both for the rest of the season. Right, right now, if Jen, I, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out there another quarterback. That's probably possibly in one QB league, still on waivers, Sam Darnold has a 30-point performance here in week four against the Cowboys. Pretty solid defense down there. Um, 
Jen and Nate, would you guys take Darnold or Daniel Jones if they're the same price or no price at all? I'm probably going to go with Darnold. I'm the same. I'm going Darnold. Yeah, he's just got a better track record. And I, I still want to see what Daniel Jones is going to do. Yeah. Okay. Okay, fair enough, guys. Um, I do want to get some unfortunate news here that, that happened in week four. Broke my heart. Honestly, kind of ruined my night. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty heartbreaking <laughs> to come back for it. David Montgomery, my all-in selection for the 2021 season. Chicago Bear Truthful has looked obviously the best player on that team by far so far this season. Goes for another 20, uh, goes for another 20 burger. And, you know, here he comes out of the game. He goes down in the game. It was pretty unfortunate to see. He looked like he was on a lot of pain. Um, a lot of people for you know feared a, a tear ACL in, in the beginning of that game. Unfortunately, or fortunately, that wasn't the case for him. It is a, a sprained MCL. We know he's going to be out at least four weeks here, guys. My headline here for, for David Montgomery going down, Monty Crew presents Dr. Feelgood. Uh, a l- little play on Monty Crew's uh, Dr. Feelgood album there, guys. And, you know, I, I think the one encouraging thing he signed here for David Montgomery and his fancy managers as well is – that we saw him go down with a groin injury early last season. He recovered very nicely. Here, I mean, the pain he looked like he was in, it looked like a torn ACL. Maybe David Montgomery's a pretty tough guy. Like, that's what it seems like to me. Obviously, it's devastating for fantasy teams. You're losing him for four weeks. I hope you had Damian Williams rostered. I certainly did not. I'll be honest. I, I own Montgomery in four leagues. Have him in none of them. That's on me for that one. Guys, right now, how hard are you going after – let's say you're not a Montgomery owner, not a Montgomery manager. How hard are you going after guys like Damian Williams? He's banged up with a, th- a thigh bruise as well. Um, and also Khalil Herbert, the rookie, who looks like he's going to be the RB2 moving forward for the next four weeks. So I'm, I'm probably not reaching for either of them. Go ahead, Nate. If I'm going to go for one, it's going to be Khalil Herbert because of the Williams injury yeah, and because he's going to be free. He's not going to cost you anything. Whereas Damian Williams, you're probably going to have to spend some fab on it. Or if you have a high waiver priority, you're going to need that to get him. I'd rather get someone else with that high waiver wire priority, save my fab, and take Cleo Herbert on okay. Wednesday afternoon. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. that's a good point. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think if I am like now, if I'm if you're in the Montgomery manager shoes, do you shift a little bit because I'm out here scrambling a little bit. Um, I mean, I don't think I'm going to get him in a couple of leagues. I just don't think I have the fab or the the waiver priority that that's going to take to get him. Nate, would would you go after him a little bit harder if if you have Montgomery? I mean, you're losing essentially what's been an RB one this season. Yeah, that's going to hurt. I'm in a situation where I'm without him, a couple places. Um, I think so. Here's a thought because I know someone who's not rostered at all for the most part in um, most leagues is going to be Jeff Wilson. He's supposed to be back week six. It's sounding like he may be back week six. So That's if you can ride out, if you can ride out week five, you can get him on waivers for free this week before he's activated. Great call. Get Jeff yeah. Wilson, ride it through week five. Maybe know you're going to take the L, but then you've got Jeff Wilson, who's probably going to take like honestly, Jeff Wilson's going to take that backfield over when he gets back. Yeah. When he's healthy enough to play, even if you, you have to ride white week five, week six, at least for that last two weeks of David, David Montgomery being out, you've got Jeff Wilson. And who knows what that could turn into if you can get him for almost nothing right now. Yeah, that's not bad. 
Yeah, I, I think Herbert has a little something to him too. He he uh, he played really good in the absence of Puka Williams last year at Kansas. I, I think he's a talented rookie. I'm excited to see what he can do here moving forward, guys. Um, if you are a Montgomery manager, hang in there. We're just thankful, he, you know, not a serious injury, not too serious. He'll be back. Um, guys, I do want to go into our next segment, temperature check. Um, temperature check, once again, is presented by none other than Underdog Fantasy, which has really helped me get my DFS uh, niche going this season. Nate, I know you and Jen have been playing a lot over there. The pick and parlays have been fun, the three-man drafts. Um, yeah. Katie and I ha- are having a blast at it, so I'm sure you guys are too. Well, this past weekend was the first weekend we've actually been able to do it because uh-huh. we were out of the country and couldn't play in Mexico. Right. They sent us plenty bummer. of notifications like, hey, get oh, your picks yeah. in. And we're like, we can't. <laughs> Why? It sucks. So we played a ton this weekend. Yep. Uh, I missed on some parlays and I missed on some parlays, <laughs> but still like it's a process and it's fun. It was fun to make the picks. It's a fun, it's a fun way to spend your Sunday. Cause not only are you focusing on fantasy, got these other little fun things that like three bucks, four bucks, yeah. five bucks. Five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you guys do want some hit or some help on your pick and parlays, tune into our, uh, the DFS tailgate show, Nate, uh, our guy, Connor Coughlin, Bo McBig time. They're going to break down all the DFS slate, and that starts uh, with a little bit of food, a little bit of alcohol talk moving into um, underdog picks. So make sure you guys check out Underdog Fantasy, the promo code IBT. Uh, it's going to get you $10 free when you deposit $10 as well. So uh, make sure you check them out, guys, Underdog Fantasy. And let's go ahead and head into our next segment here, Temperature Check. Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy <laughs> Did want to remind anyone tuning in live to the show as well that if you do want to drop any questions in for us, any trade questions, any lifestyle questions, start sick questions, whatever you guys got for us, feel free to. Um, love having you guys here tonight on a Tuesday. Guys, I want to go through just some quick buy or sells tonight. Um, we've had a lot of receivers go off these last couple weeks. Uh, a couple disappoint as well. And, and Really, now's your time to sell high or buy low. So I want to start with DJ Moore, guys. He puts up a 30-burger. I mean, were we all just a year too early on DJ Moore? I mean, Sam Darnold is hyper-targeting this guy. He's had 11-plus targets in three out of four games. Um, just absolutely been you know sensational out there. Found the end zone twice here on Sunday. Uh, I think he, he got that over that allergy he's been bothered with for the end zone. Nate, Jen, where are you guys at here on on DJ Moore on our scale? Uh, Keep in mind our scale is rare, uh, just just like a steak or a burger, rare, medium, and well. So this was a debate we had in a group text because to me, the rarest of rare steaks is the best. But we're going to call well done, well done, good, it's fine. (laughs) DJ Moore is well done. I lo- what DJ Moore needed was a different quarterback and another year in a system where Matt Rule and Joe Brady had the guy that fit what they were looking for. Teddy Bridgewater wasn't that guy. Sam Darnold is. And Sam Darnold leads the league in rushing touchdowns, it should be mentioned. That offense is a different beast. And they got manhandled by the Cowboys, but they came on late, which was good to see. They didn't give up. They were missing CMC. That's a big kick to the nuts for them. So DJ Moore, we're seeing he got more targets with CMC out and as Darnold gets more comfortable with him, he's going to keep targeting DJ Moore because it's paying off. 
So you need to, this Carolina team is for real. DJ Moore is for real. Sam Darnold is for real. Obviously Christian McCaffrey is for real. We all, when he's healthy um, and without CMC, like they didn't, I mean, Chuba didn't get a ton of usage. And when he did get the usage, he wasn't effective. DJ Moore is Sam Darnold's go-to guy. We, right we, now. we even we even saw DJ Moore line up in the backfield for a Christian yep. McCaffrey like route uh, within the red zone. So that was kind of cool to see. Like they're definitely like kind of using him almost in like a Curtis Samuel type role yes. from, from a, a year ago. Jen, right now uh, he stands at, at wide receiver four. Obviously, that's a high mark. Do you think he can finish as a wide receiver one? What was the question? Oh, wide receiver one? Wide no, receiver one. no, definitely not. Like, not yes, overall, no. just a just a wide just receiver. a wide receiver one. I still don't think that either. I think he's wow. looking good. He had a great week. Um, I'm just, as always, interested to see. I need to see consistency. So I want to see more from him. I thought every time it was like, and DJ Moore, I was like, what again? This is crazy. Gibson's definitely more usage. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Let's see moving forward how he does, but as of right now, no. Like, no. Are you selling high then? It's, it sounds like you're selling high if you have him, if you don't project him as an, a wide receiver one moving forward. I would sell him high. Okay. Okay. I, I think I'm holding him. I think I'm with Nate on this one. I, I, I'm i liking what I'm seeing, but, I mean, we've, seen, we've been down this road before, Jen. He's had, he's had skirts like this and then disappointed. So we'll yep. see what happens with DJ Moore. Um, guys, Terry McLaurin. Jen, he's someone you've liked as well. Yeah, I know a couple weeks ago after the Ryan Fitzpatrick injury, talked about selling some of these Washington pieces, and looks like you know we have a little bit of pie on our face from that one because Terry McLaurin, he's wide receiver five right now, 13 targets here again from Taylor Heineke in week four, two touchdowns. So, I mean, it, it's been great. It's been great if you're a Terry McLaurin manager so far. Are you buying him as a wide receiver one, Jen? Yes, I will. He has looked so good. And with how Taylor Heineke has looked in the last three weeks, McLaurin seems to be legit. He could finish as a PPR wide receiver one overall in 2021. He's just so much better than he was last season, which is refreshing for a Terry McLaurin dynasty person who has him. It's like, please, please be good. (laughs) And he's, I'm, I'm keeping him. I'm buying him. And I'm excited to see now that, Tyler Heineke is in the driver's seat, what he's going to do. Okay. Well, I think it's interesting because at the end of last season, after Heineke's performance at the end of the season, a lot of people were saying like, Hey, now could Tyler Heineke be yeah. the guy? Yeah. <clears throat> and they went out, they went out, Taylor, Taylor Heineke, Taylor, Tyler, whatever. I'm missing one letter. It's fine. We are talking about Heineke. Maybe he's the dude. Then they went out and got Fitzmagic. Who I love. Taylor who everybody loved. I was really high on him coming into this offense. I was high on everything Washington related this year. Yep. And yeah, losing him was kind of a, kind of a nut punch. Apparently that's my phrase of the night. Yeah. Um, But Heineke has actually proved that maybe he's more what we saw at the end of last season than we thought, Mm -hmm. but he's been consistent. He looked really good on Sunday. It's the first chance I've really had to like really watch him play like he was making good reads. He was reading the defense pre-snap. He seemed to understand what was going on in the secondary. He was making good decisions when he was throwing the ball. Um, even when Antonio Gibson went down, like that offense didn't miss a beat. Heineke's a good quarterback. And I think for Terry McLaurin, that's what he needed. He's getting consistent quarterback play this yeah. season. 
it, it's been a great story to see. You know, he, he goes from uh, a little over a year ago sleeping on his sister's couch thinking his NFL journey is going to end to now being, you know, the face of the Washington football team moving forward. And, you know, I, I, I think the one thing in favor of your argument to keep uh, Terry McLaurin on your teams to buy him, Jen, and this production that he's putting up is look what's around him right now. Yes. Curtis Samuel is not at full strength yet. We know that. Dynami Brown, um, the other young receivers have not taken that step that we wanted to see. Logan Thomas went went out early with an injury in this. Yep. We're not mm-hmm. sure what his availability is going to be for week five. Gibson's banged up a little bit. Right now, the, the sure things you have in the passing game, we know we have Terry McLaurin. You know you're going to get some mm-hmm. J.D. McKissick in there as well. But mm-hmm. right now, that's what Heineke yeah. has as a disposal. So I think like 10-plus targets moving forward for the rest of the season, I mean, give or take, like is not out of the question, I think, right now. It's McLaurin. not unreasonable. Not and their defense is way worse than anyone thought, too. What happened? I know, I, man, and that's I, disappointing. I just, <sighs> I mean, their secondary has been bit by the injury plague pretty early, so that that was bad. But I mean, even their front four just not getting after the quarterback like we thought. I think Chase Young only has maybe one sack on the season. So does he even have one? I think he got his first one on Sunday. I I, I could oh, be I think wrong you're about right. that. I think but, you're right. But I thought I heard that. So, um. We'll see what happens there, guys. But but you heard it from Jen Polvoke. She is selling DJ Moore at his current price, buying uh, Terry McLaurin there. Nate, I want to bring up another wide receiver who's been a little streaky this season so far. But overall, it's been a nice performance from Marquise Hollywood-Brown. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, on Twitter last week, Rashad Bateman. Um, he's coming back off IR. Uh, we haven't seen him yet, but we're expecting to possibly see that in week five, maybe week six at the latest. Um, right now, so far, I mean, it's not crazy numbers from Hollywood. It's five-plus targets um, every week, 50-plus yards every week. He has a touchdown three out of four weeks. If he would have caught one of those bombs in the Lions game, it would be four four games in a row with a TD. Guys, going back to last season, at, towards the end of it, Hollywood has been on fire. Um, Nate, where are you at on our scale here uh, on Hollywood Brown? So I'm around a medium. I like what I've seen from him, except, uh, I mean, those big drops are a problem because that causes trust issues. I know if I'm playing quarterback and I'm throwing a bomb and you're open and it's in your hands and you just straight up drop it, I'm probably not going to keep throwing it to you if you do There's it. There's no one else for him to throw to, though, at the same time. For now, for now. So for right. the next, probably, I'm going to say for the next two to three weeks, you can probably rely on him continuing to get a ton of targets. Three weeks into Rashad Bateman actually being on the field and getting a feel for the NFL game and getting familiar with the speed of the game, Hollywood Brown probably loses a significant amount of targets and a significant amount of his snap share. I don't think it's going to be immediate, but I would recommend if you want and you can, I would sell him in the next probably like two weeks. Yeah, I think three weeks. Maybe you can get like a 30 point performance or a high 25. He hasn't seen that quite yet. He's kind of been those high teens low 20 performances when he's gone off. So maybe he can grab two touchdowns here moving forward. Nate, I, I, that's that's sound analysis, man. I don't think we need to add anything more onto Hollywood. Guys, I did want to talk a little bit about Debo Samuel. To me, I mean, first of all, I mean, I think we all forgot how talented this guy was. He was bit by the injury plague last season. Throughout his college career, he's been bit by injury plague. But when this guy is healthy, he has been phenomenal. Wide receiver three so far on the season 230 point performances another one here in week four guys i mean just the target share has been crazy for debo 
10 plus targets in a few different games so far. He's become the number one receiving option over George Kittle, which has been really surprising to see. All this being said, Jimmy G, he goes down with a calf injury. We don't know what his status is. Um, right now, we got some reports out that him and offensive lineman Trent Williams might be back in the mix. MRIs were pretty positive for both those players. But with the possibility of Trey Lance coming at quarterback, I, I'm a little concerned. Like, I, I would probably be shopping Debo Samuel right now if I had him. I mean, if you can go out and get, I, I know it hasn't been pretty, but you can go out and get like a DeAndre Hopkins, a Calvin Ridley, one of these guys. I mean, Let's face it, you have Debo Samuel probably got him somewhere between the 8th and 11th round in your redrafts. Didn't pay that much capital. And, yes, he's been amazing. But, I mean, the other thing you got to think about, once Trey Lance came in, it was really only that one busted play. It was a 75-yard bomb, blown coverage. Are you guys with me here on shopping Debo Samuel? Because I I just don't think it's sustainable. Yeah. I mean, heavy targets. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm selling every 49ers I've got. Like they're all they're all going. Like Debo burned me last year, so I have zero shares of him, um, which has been a little bit frustrating, honestly, this year because he's balled out. But like Garoppolo can't stay healthy. We don't really know what Trey Lance is going to do. We can kind of try to predict it, but right, I'm staying away from him if I've got him, which I don't. I'm selling him off for sure. I think it's wild that we're sitting here talking about Trey Lance. We're like, oh man, I don't know that I trust the wide receivers around him if he's going to be the quarterback. Dude was the number two pick <laughs> in the NFL draft. Yeah. So I'm with you guys. Like, get everything in that 49ers offense. If it's going to be Trey Lance, forget about it. Because that turns into a run first offense. Mm-hmm. It turns into a Trey Lance run first offense. Mm-hmm. Because he can't get the ball out of his hands. So he's going to be running. <laughs> and then when they don't throw, they're going to be, I mean, it's just the wide receivers and Kittle, man. Kittle. <sighs> man. Hurts my heart. Uh-huh. It does. It does. I mean, I, I, I paid up for Kittle in a couple of drafts, tight end premium drafts specifically. Yes. And just has not returned value. Um, hold tight with him. You kind of have to at this point. But yeah, yeah. I think you're the same with Brandon Ayuk. We know the talent's there. I, I think the opportunities coming back around slowly hasn't been great, but you can't sell IU. But if you can sell anyone right now, I think it's Debo Samuel before the tides turn. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Yep. Awesome. Love it guys. A uh, last wide receiver I want to hit here in temperature check is none other than someone I know Jen's very, very <laughs> in love with CD lamb, man. Uh, wide receiver 26 so far on the season. Look absolutely phenomenal in week one and two. A couple of things with Dallas have, have shaken out here that we weren't expecting. One is this defense has come to play this year. The the turnaround we've seen, I mean, hats off to the coaching staff, Dan Quinn and that whole group. They've been great. Michael Parsons, we are, baby. Penn State, I mean, he has looked like mm-hmm. the real deal. But Trayvon Diggs, the, the cornerback, second-year guy, second-round pick, four interceptions already, or maybe it's five. It might be five already. Excuse me. It's five. It's five. I mean – he has looked like a star. The Dallas defense is has kind of changed the identity of this team. They don't need to win by 30-point shootouts like we thought after week one, after what we saw. That might have just been the Bucks. So right now, Jen, are you holding on to CeeDee Lamb at, at his low point here? You know, three-point-something point, three point points here, uh, five or less targets in the last two games, and, you know, a really a run-heavy approach from the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean – 
I almost posted a picture on a milk carton last week. Like, where is he? What is happening? Like somebody has kidnapped CD lamb. I can't find him on the field. I can't find him on the bench. He has done nothing. All of that said, I'm medium on him. I'm holding him for now. See if the Cowboys involve him more against the giants in New England coming up in weeks five and six. The talent is there. Obviously the talent is there and you have to think he'll rebound. Yeah. Coming up. I mean, you, so I'm holding him. I'm, I'm super high on him still a little less. So over the last two weeks, but definitely still holding on to him for sure. Nate. Same. Like Jen said, the talent's there. That's not a question. Um, I saw an interesting, I don't remember. I think maybe it was, it might've actually been our own Bo McBrayer that said this because he's a huge Cowboys fan. It's like, it's like the Cowboys came out this week and we're like, we can beat you however we want. This week we decided we're going to run it because we yeah. got Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott and we don't have to put the ball in the air. So we're just going to pound the rock and we're going to beat you next week. We might, I mean, you might see 15 targets a piece for Amari Cooper and CD lamb and another 10 for Dalton Schultz. And they all have a hundred plus yards and a couple of touchdowns. We don't know. This offense is super potent. It's almost like they can do like Mike McCarthy has realized this is almost like some of those green Bay teams where it was like, I can do whatever I want. And they're tricky. And we're tricky and we have all of these weapons. So it's mm-hmm. going to be a roller coaster with some of these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's a good point because I mean, just, just a week or two ago, we're talking, are you shopping Ezekiel Elliott with the Tony Pollard usage? They have so many playmakers in this offense. Their defense is, is much improved. I think at the end of the day, the Cowboys, they're a contender in the NFC. So they're going to do what they have to do. They're going to mix it up. Like you just said, Nate. Um, the only thing I will say is, Again, I mean, you're obviously starting C.D. Lamb. You're not selling him now at his low point. But, I mean, keep in mind the competition coming up. Um, We have the Giants here this week, which I'm not afraid of. But the Patriots in two weeks, they've had a solid defense so far. Vikings I'm not afraid of in three weeks. But then the the Denver Broncos, Patrick Sertain, and those guys have played really decent in the secondary. So I think there are better days ahead for C.D. Lamb, but it might not be the smash play every week like we thought. Yeah. I think those guys are defense proof. I think Dallas is going to do what they want. I think that defense, that offense is good enough that there'll be some road bumps. Yeah. But like the, when the Broncos play the Cowboys, they're going to have to score 30 points to win that game. If they can't put up 30 points, they're not going to beat the Cowboys and they have a very good defense. So. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. We'll see what happens guys. I want to go ahead and move forward in the show here. Um, we're going to go ahead and get into some short things, sleepers of the week. This week, it is once again presented by none other than Stevens Quality Barbering Services in Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. Guys, I mean, we've been telling you for a couple weeks now, if you want a quality haircut, quality conversation at a quality price, and just an overall quality experience, guys, head over down to Noah in Kerwinsville on State Street. Um, he's going to get you hooked up. Been going to him for six plus years now. If you want to book an appointment, Get in. He's busy, but it's going to be a great time. Stevens-quality.genbook.com to book your appointment today. I think that's all we really need to say, guys. The proof's in the pudding on this one. Let's go ahead and head into the short things, sleepers of the week. It's the short thing. Sleepers of the week. All right, guys, sure thing, sleepers of the week, those new to the show, what we like to do in this segment is 
just give you a couple of plays who, you know, they're going to probably be outside the top 24 consensus, whether it's running back wide receiver, they're going to be outside the top 14, 15 at QB, tight end, whatever it may be. But they're guys you should have a little bit of confidence thrown into your lineups this week. And, you know, we're putting ourselves on the line here. Um, Nate, I want to go ahead and, and lead off with you here, man. I think you're having a pretty good day. Boston Red Sox, last time I checked, are are in the lead right now. So I, I think you're a pretty happy Boston guy over there with a the beer. Yeah, I am very happy. Cheers, Red Sox. Um, so my guy this week is Michael Carter, who I have been banging the drum for since like March before the draft. Um, I really, I, but then I kind of cooled on him as the season started because that Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson seemed to be the two guys ahead of him. And I was really high on Ty Johnson. As it turns out, Michael Carter is starting to get the majority of the work in that backfield. Yes. So since week one, He's bumped up his production by 51% snap share last week against Tennessee. This is highest of the season. He had three carries. No, three. We're not going to get into that part of it. Um, he had <laughs> he had more carries than he's had all season. And then he's seeing some involvement in the passing game. Zach Wilson is getting comfortable with him. Zach Wilson actually looked better last week than he's looked all season. They actually won a game. So the Jets are bad, but Michael Carter might be a bright spot. And the Atlanta Falcons are averaging giving up 26 point, 26 points to the running back so far this season. So you know Michael Carter's going to get opportunities to score. This is a sleeper pick. Michael Carter is a dude. He could be a sneaky flex play for you this week. Don't hate it. If you've got him on your roster, you might as well start him. This is a great week to do it. I, I think that's a really good good pick, Nate. The, the one thing, I mean, we know Michael Carter. Outside of the overtime uh, drive there, we saw a, light, a lot of Michael Carter throughout the game. He definitely has a, you know, edging up towards a 50% snap share on this backfield, and he's getting that red zone and goal line usage, and that's going to be huge. And I think at the end of the day, you know, the red zone – the, the goal line is a very tough area to play as a quarterback. We've heard it, you know, if you guys have been watching any of the Peyton Manning, Eli Cass on Monday night, they talk a lot about that every week, how, how tough it is for these young QBs once you get within 20 yards, space declines a little bit. So I think they're going to lean on Michael Carter there as well. I love it, yep, Nate. I agree. Jennifer, what is your sure thing sleeper of the week? I know you're not on the coast in Mexico right now, <laughs> sipping on uh, a Corona, but you are back in the crispy, cool weather of Colorado. So hope that, hope that does for you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going way outside the box, and I'm going with Tyler Conklin uh, with the Vikings this week. So he's had one good game. I understand that. It was against Seattle who has had issues covering tight ends so far this season. I get that. Last week, Conklin did almost nothing. But that's been the story for every tight end in Cleveland that Cleveland has faced outside of Kelsey in week one. Similarly, the Cardinals are covering tight ends like a blanket. So the fact that he had any points at all in week three is amazing. Um, this week, Minnesota is up against the Lions, who are only slightly better against the tight end than the Seahawks. Um Yes, he'll be competing against Thielen and Jefferson for targets, but with Dalvin Cook still not fully healthy, Minnesota will again be more pass heavy in week five. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. It, it, it's really been interesting how Tyler Conklin shaked out here early in the season. Mm -hmm. I, I'm still waiting to see, you know, we, we've seen weeks where it's a KJ Osborne week. We've seen right. weeks where it's Tyler Conklin. Yeah. 
I think this is definitely probably a week I'm favoring Conklin a little bit, like Jen said. But hopefully we get some clarity, or it might be one of those things that, you know, depending on the matchup, you're bouncing back but between the two, but they're both rosterable. Yep. Well, I, I think that's the thing with Conklin, is it's going to be matchup dependent. The weaker teams against the tight end, they're going to use him more. Mm-hmm. And as long as Dalvin Cook is hurt, more than likely. Once Dalvin Cook's back, they can go back to the run when he's 100%, if he gets back to 100% this season. Yeah, it's, it's been tough to see him go on and off the field so far this season. Hopefully we have some clarity with that moving forward. Um, there you guys heard it. Jen, Tyler Conklin, Nate, Michael Carter, for myself here heading into week five. This one's kind of uh, this one's kind of cheating a little bit, I'll be honest, because there is a caveat with this. If there's no Jimmy G this week, Trey Lance is my short thing sleeper of the week. I think if you have Trey Lance, I think if he's out there for some reason on your waiver wire, I know some people are getting impatient. We talked a little bit about it last week. I'm firing him up. I'm firing up Trey Lance this week. I mean, not only was this guy a top 14 quarterback scoring 20-plus PPR points in just a half of football last week, um, but he also has that rushing floor. It, we, we know it's going to be you know somewhat of a, of a high – contested high scoring affair here with the Cardinals. They look like they might be the best team in the NFL right now. Um, they, they were not slowed down by, by any defenses so far. It, it, it doesn't look like they're going to be um, after seeing what they did to the Rams last week. I, I think the 49ers won't be a test for them. So I think right now, Trey Lance going to have to put this team on his back. We already alluded. There's going to be no Jeff Wilson right now. You know, they have what's left of, of these young backs, Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell, if he can get back healthy, and you know the 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 likes of the ghosts of Carryon Johnson and and just all all these guys, you know Trenton Cannon. So right now he's going to put the team on his back. Yeah, I don't like I don't like the receiving options as much going forward, but you know when you have a rushing four and a half of seven rushes for forty one yards, that bodes pretty well. And I know it's you know it's kind of an obscure stat, but. The Cardinals are allowing top five in uh, rushing yards per per attempt to the quarterback position. They, they're also averaging bottom seven as well to uh, to the position in yards. So, I mean, I think right now the, the door's open for Trey Lance. I'm not afraid to start it. I know it would be his first start and gets a little risky. We've seen it from Justin Fields, but this is a different cat. This is like Lamar Jackson with what you're dealing with, with his rushing upside. So I think right now, the dude has nothing to lose. So if I have Trey Lance, I'm ripping him out there in my lineup, so I'm feeling good about it. I mean, in hindsight, I'm firing up Trey Lance in his first start over Justin Fields in his first start, knowing now what we know about Matt Nagy. He's in a he's got a better coaching situation. Yeah. And I and I agree. Like I think that there's some definite upside there. It's a one week play for now. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. I think it's a really good call. Yeah, I think, uh, again, if you don't have one of those, you know, top eight guys, there's a couple tougher matchups out there as well this week for, for our top quarterbacks. I think if you don't have one of those guys, I'm looking at Trey Lance this week as a start. Hopefully you held on to him. Guys, we do have a little bit of time left in the show. I do want to kick it over to some lifestyle advice. Let's go ahead and get into some weekly advice. Weekly. Weekly. All right, guys. So weekly advice is our way um, of just just really bringing a little bit of feel-good lifestyle into the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. 
Today, while we have our couple here at the show, our analyst couple, Jen and Nate, I do want to talk a little bit about a couple, you know, some couple advice for the fantasy football and the NFL season. Guys, let, let's face it. This time of year is crazy. If you're any type of content creator or just a general fantasy football consumer, I mean, information changes daily. You got to be Tuesday nights. You got to be up set, setting your waivers. Thursday, you got to be make, making sure you're setting those lineups before the Thursday night kickoff. Sunday morning, you got to be up adjusting those lineups for any start-sit decisions, injury decisions. As a couple, Nate and Jen, what advice can you give to other couples out there about making time for each other and still having some of those special moments despite all the craziness that doesn't just come with the fantasy football in the NFL season, but the fall in general? Kids are back in school. Kids are back in sports. Parents are running left and right. How do you guys make it work? That's the best part is the kids are back in school. (laughs) (laughs) So you're able to make time for one another again. I mean, it's been a crazy COVID coming up two years now and crazy school procedures and drop off and pick up procedures. And obviously Nate and I have a very unique situation in that this is our full time. This is what we do. But we have a date night once a week, and that sounds very cliche, but we absolutely have to make that time for each other, even if it's sitting on the couch in silence, setting our lineups Saturday night for the Sunday night or the Sunday slate. Like it doesn't matter. Like having that moment or more to be able to just, I guess, have the freedom to have our own time and have time with each other. So I'd say that's huge and not having Jackson 24 seven is very helpful. It still feels 24 seven or 24 eight, but um, yeah, I'd say that's my answer. I mean, we had four hours off from him today while he was at school and it was still a lot. Oh my God. Today, <sighs> what was today? It was like today was a Friday mess. the 13th, Monday, the 13th, something <laughs> weird. It was like, what is happening? It is Tuesday, yeah. Jen as well. So <laughs> see, <laughs> This is what happens when you spend all of your time on content creation with fantasy football, because mm-hmm. like Friday doesn't mean anything to us anymore, which is the weirdest feeling. But it's like, everybody's like, yeah, it's Friday. We're like, it's Friday. What does oh, that mean? Totally is Friday. This feels the same as Monday, except there's no football. Yeah. Like, I think that if you, you have to find a common bond with your significant other. And if it can't be football, you need to find that other thing. I'm lucky that I married someone that is a sports nut and we're in this whole like fantasy football thing together. It was her mm-hmm. idea to build out our basement with four TVs. Like yeah. this has been, Jen was like, okay, we have Sunday ticket. We have access to all the games. We must have as many TVs as we can possibly have legally to watch as many games because otherwise we're wasting our money. Plus this is awesome. <laughs> wait, is, wait, is, is there something you can only have four TVs? Uh, DirecTV will only give you four receivers. Oh, okay. I, I was thinking there's some legal issues in, in this. Well, there okay. is because licensing-wise, DirecTV is like you can only have four TVs, basically. Oh. We could have four receivers, plus I could stream from my phone to a right. Sunday ticket app. But, gotcha. yeah, that's like the max. Um, otherwise, we might have like nine TVs in our basement. It's hard to say. When Jen's <laughs> into something, she's into it. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't mess around. But find that common thing that you can do together 
and whether you set aside whether you can set aside an hour a week to it, two hours a week, an hour a night, fifteen minutes, whatever it is. Find a show um, you like. Find exactly an activity you like. Yeah. If, find if you, something. If you're obviously husband, there's something. If you're a husband something. and wife, or a husband and husband, a wife and wife, whoever your significant other is, you obviously fell in love with this person for a reason, yeah. and there is something that's already in common, and focus on that. Don't lose sight of that. I appreciate that, guys. I appreciate that. You know, it, it's been awesome to he- hear your guys' journey th- throughout your columns and on the podcast and just off air as well. You, you know, m- my one advice, and I know I- I'm a little bit younger than you guys. Katie and I have only been together about five years, so n- not quite where you and Nate are yet. But um, I'm going to steal a little bit from, from our guy, Third and Short, and what he talked about in his column this weekend. And it's about, like, now is the time to make traditions. Uh, every year I do a start, sit, and traditions column, and I kind of talk about how when I was a kid, we didn't really have traditions we did every year just because you know we had so much fluidity, everything kind of changing it in my life as a child. But you know, the one thing Katie and I have always tried to do is build our traditions. Uh, every year we try to watch all four Halloween Town movies before Halloween, so that's something we do. We try to carve pumpkins, other things like that. Whatever you guys are doing, whatever that thing is, build those traditions with your significant other, your family, your siblings, your friends, whoever that is, guys. Build those relationships and just take in the now because, yeah, there's going to be fancy football content coming out, you know, every single week. Um, But, you know, you can only live the fall once. You can only live this time of year once. So do it with your significant other. Um, Last piece of advice I can give to anyone out there, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. Uh, in between media, we're going to be here all season long, guys. In between fantasy football podcast streams live Tuesday evenings, podcast version drops everywhere you guys get it on Wednesdays. Everything else you need to know, Nate had a waiver wire column come out up tonight on inbetweenmedia.com. Make sure you guys check it out. Nate, go Red Sox, baby. Let's go Red Sox. I don't know what the score is, but I hope they're winning. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back next week on another episode of the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Keep it in between until then. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. The one thing that really sets us apart here is, is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related.